0: Back in 1998, there's was a great movie that was produced. It uh, had uh, lots of accolades and awards. It's called The Truman Show. Some of you perhaps have seen it. So it's the story of a man who was raised on a movie set. Except he didn't know that this was a movie set. Everybody else knew that it was a movie set except for him. There's lots of hidden cameras. And what he didn't realize, but that he began to suspect something wasn't quite right, was that this was a one-man reality TV show. But he was on camera 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He began to suspect some things. and began to ask questions. He eventually figured this out, that this wasn't the real world. And he was able to escape and then live a private life. I would offer to you that this is reality for you and for me, except in reverse. Right now, you, for the most part, have pretty much a private life. But one day, on Judgment Day, everything is going to be revealed. Your actions, your choices, even the secret Thoughts of your heart, for everybody to see. Today we are entering into Advent, so that's so how we went. We now have purple. We start with this beautiful penitential procession. It's a season of penance in preparation. During Advent, we especially focus on the last things, on heaven, hell, death, and judgment we are focusing during advent on the return of our lord in judgment that he will come at the end of time and return as just judge as magistrate uh, as the great the great tribunal which will take place so we do this while also preparing to remember his first coming when he came as merciful savior we heard in the first reading Jeremiah says, He will execute justice and righteousness in the land. As Catholics, we say every week in the Creed, He shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead. So I'd like to talk to you about this today. I'd talk to you about the final judgment, what it's going to be like, how to prepare for it. This is an incredibly healthy and helpful reflection. The church encourages us as pastors to bring before the minds of the faithful often the final judgment the church teaches that it's a power it's powerful in bridling evil inclinations of the heart it's a really really healthy reflection so the church teaches that there are going to be two judgments okay So, two judgments. The first judgment is called the particular judgment. It takes place when you die. So when you die, you're immediately judged by God. It's called the particular judgment because it's particular just to you. It's like a private judgment. And depending on how you've lived your life, uh, um, if you have rejected the Lord, if you have deliberately rejected the Lord, rejected uh, the church, rejected the teachings of Christ, uh, then you will... uh, get what you asked for so you're trying to separate yourself from god and so you'll be separated from god for eternity at that time i'll be talking about that next week i know that doctrine of hell is a difficult one that many people have so but if you die in god's grace you die as a friend of god then you will go to heaven you might go through a time of purification first if you haven't yet been perfected we call purgatory hoping to talk about that in a couple weeks here um, but you'll, you'll end up in heaven. So that's the particular judgment. That's what takes place immediately after you die. Now, the particular judgment, it's kind of a, a preliminary judgment. It's a, a stopgap judgment because there's some things that have to take place before the final judgment uh, can, be, can, can, can take place. So... The particular judgment takes place first and then time has to go by because it has to be clear how your actions and your choices affected everybody else. Affected your children, those who admired you, those who followed you, those who didn't even know you. But these things have to, will continue. Your choices, your life, are going to continue to affect people even after you die, even to the end of time. And so the final judgment is not going to take place until the end of time, so that it can be seen how your choices uh, and your actions affect everybody else. So, it's going to, so first there has to be time that takes place, this kind of uh, ripple effect. And then, uh, according to the scripture, we read, for example, in Matthew 25, that this Second judgment, the final judgment, or the general judgment, it's called general because it's not just about you, but it's general for all people. We Read about it in Matthew 25 that uh, the dead are going to be resurrected. Both the good and the wicked are going to be resurrected. They're all going to be together there before Christ. All nations, all peoples, to be judged. And this is a public judgment where everything is made known. So that true and perfect justice can take place. Because in this lifetime, right now, uh, oftentimes the righteous are demeaned and given, you know, misrepresented. They're unjustly deprived of good names. Whereas the wicked often make themselves look good, even though people can't really see what's going on under the surface. And so at the final judgment, everything is going to be revealed. People's motives, people's actions, even their most secret thoughts, so that the truth can finally come out. And those who have been living righteous lives, um, and those who have been living wicked lives, uh, everything is going to be clarified. Everything is going to be made right at the end. This is called the general judgment. Everybody's involved. So that's the two, that's the two judgments. Okay? The particular judgment, which is particular just to you, a private kind of judgment that takes place immediately after you die. And then a general judgment at the end of time when everything is revealed and, we, and everybody can see what, how your actions ended up, how they rippled out throughout time. That's the general judgment. Now, I know what you might be thinking you're thinking to yourself, everything is going to be revealed. Uh, all of my actions, my choices, even my most secret thoughts, everybody's going to know about this. How is this going to work exactly? And, uh, you know, is this supposed to be like some sort of um, like this big public shaming? Or what? Does, does the scripture really teach this or, or the Bible? You know, what is all this about? Well, I would say uh, no for those who died in Christ and his good grace. Uh, this won't be a public shaming. I'll explain that in a little bit. Um, but I would say yes, that the scriptures teach this and that the church clearly teaches this. For example, in Luke chapter 12, is our Lord, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? Right? So hypocrisy is, is something, showing forth yourself as something other than what's true about you, right? So our Lord says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Or also in Matthew chapter 12, he says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, men will render account for every careless word they utter. Or St. Paul, he says in 1 Corinthians, the Lord will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. 1 Corinthians 4:5. So even your secret thoughts. So this fact, this teaching, this dogma of the church that everything is going to be revealed publicly in the end was nearly unanimously taught by the fathers of the church, by the theologians, everybody except for Peter Lombard. I guess he had a different opinion. But um, it's taught in, in the catechism. You can read about it if you'd like. If you pull up a catechism, look at number 678. So yes, everything is going to come out in the end not going to be any secrets however i would say to you do not fear this is a good thing Uh, it's a good thing it's a very helpful thing it can be knowing this teaching of the church can be extremely helpful in detouring sin if there you are by yourself you're thinking about entering into some sin? You're tempted? A very easy way to overcome the temptation is to recall the final judgment and to ask yourself, if the whole world could see what I'm about to do right now, what choice would I make? He makes the choice very easy. Uh, St. St Clement, Pope St Clement, he said uh, you know, he said, "Can anyone sin who calls to mind and reflects on the final judgment," he asked. "Great question. So this is a, so if you can do this, and I would encourage you daily to think about as you're doing your examination of conscience. Think to yourself, okay, if the whole world could see my day, my thoughts, everything, you know, um, how would that go over? Now think about that as part of your examination of conscience. It'll it'll it, you'll you'll begin growing in holiness very quickly if you can do this daily. So. Uh, It's also really helpful in overcoming your fear of going to confession. You know, some Catholics, they're hesitant to go to confession, and it can be scary uh, telling your sins to another person. But if you realize the truth of this dogma of the final judgment, everybody is going to find out anyway. So (laughs) don't worry so much about it. Come on over to the confessional and and get these things taken care of now you know if you if you don't and the, and the church offers this beautiful way to kind of practice you know revealing yourself you know if if you don't get these sins taken care of you know venial sins lead to more venial sins which lead to uh, eventually mortal sins, it gets worse and worse, and then everybody finds out about those sins on the day of judgment so so get in there and and take care of those things this is uh, the church offers this beautiful kind of pastoral way that you can um, be getting, getting ready for this. And of course, we all know like shame, these, these dark hidden things about ourselves, we hide away, they tend to fester and grow when they're in the darkness. But you bring them to the light and you can get healing. It's so important to get that healing so you can grow in holiness. You can grow to be like our Lord. And especially, you know, if you have any mortal sins, So mortal sins are those that separate us from God. Um, A mortal sin is something that you have knowingly and deliberately done, and that it's very serious and grave. You know, things like um, sexual activities outside of marriage, or hurting others with your words and actions through extreme anger, or, you know, deliberately missing mass, any of these things. This is is grave things if it's done deliberately and knowingly. It's a mortal sin, and it puts you in mortal peril, okay? If you were to die in that state, um, you would go into uh, eternal damnation, eternal separation from God. So get these things taken care of now. Get them them taken care of now uh, so you can get that healing and that forgiveness. Uh, And and don't worry about things. Everybody's going to find out anyway, so get to confession, get them taken care of, get that healing, and grow. Uh, So this doctrine can be really helpful in getting over fear of going to confession. However, it's really helpful to know, too, that these sins and things that you're afraid of other people finding out, if you allow the Lord to work like he would like to work in your life, he can transform those sins, those areas of shame in your life, into great Trophies that you'll want to show to others. It's going to be kind of like you know that that stupid thing that you did when you were a kid, uh, but now you tell everybody because it's a funny story and everybody laughs and it's a great time. You find joy in this. That's how our sins are, are to be if if we handle them correctly. That you know. Uh, we can laugh about these things. We can talk about how the Lord brought us healing and freedom and forgiveness through these things. You know, you can be like, uh, like the saints. You know, think about like Peter, St. Peter. We know the stupid stuff that he did. It's in the scriptures. People read about it again and again. Um, but it's, he's okay with that because, the, you know, the Lord has healed him. And this is now a trophy. It's, it's something that glorifies God and shows how God works in our lives. Or, or Mary Magdalene or any of these saints. The Lord can transform these parts of your life and they'll be like trophies, uh, especially on the day of judgments. So this is a good and healthy thing, a holy thing. It can be super helpful in, in detouring sin, it can be helpful in getting to confession and transforming those areas of your life into those things which bring joy, those things which glorify God. So yes, Everything is going to be revealed, but you don't have to be afraid of this. You don't have to be worried about this. It's not some sort of a shame fest. If you allow the Lord to work in your life, it can be a holy and helpful thing to understand this teaching, this dogma of the final judgment. So, yes, we are in Advent, this time of meditating on the last things, on this time when first you'll go through a private judgment known as the particular judgment. And then at the end of time, after all of your actions have rippled on out to the end of history, there'll be a general public judgment where everything is going to be revealed according to the scriptures. So take heed, be prepared, use this time well to grow in grace and holiness. Allow the Lord to transform you through the second of confession. You know, get ready so that you may be ready for that joyous time when our Lord comes as judge to set all things right, that God may be glorified. Amen.